0: Well, what a glorious place to be on a Sunday morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Chad, I, good to see you. Praise God. I was going to see you the other day, and they called, and I, I asked uh, Shirley if she woke up Grouchy, and she said, no, I let him sleep. And so I <laughs> Oh, me. It's great to have Chad back with us. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Just praying it's not another freight train coming. But we are almost, we're almost through with Hebrews after some year and a half or so. I want to say, first of all, how blessed it is to be your pastor. Uh, this, uh, man, I, I, I looked at the video uh, uh, Friday night, Hallsville's football game. I noticed our head, uh, one of our uh, tuba players, uh, Hazen he's 15 years old I looked out there and he was leading all of the tuba section in a word of prayer before they got out on the field amen. I thought hallelujah praise amen. the Lord amen and then if you could have been here last night it would have blinded you uh, 1200 people in here packed like sardines nobody's sitting down I don't know why we don't just take out all the chairs all together we put a lot more in here if we don't have them chairs and uh so I got the opportunity to sit down with and I don't get to do this very often but I just sat down for a few moments with some of our college kids from Laterno and I saw some other ETBU and some Kilgore and Tyler Junior and all of those things and I want to tell you I I uh, I praise God for our college kids uh they they uh, you know this next generation they they've got the material and the gumption to maybe change some things. We old people have messed up, right. and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, if you see, is, is, Emily or, is Emily and Evan in here? Did they slip out? Uh, it, no, there they are. Oh, there they are, way back up there. Stand up back there. We, we called Evan and Emily to be our college leaders, and they've done a tremendous job with our college kids. They really have. They've done a great job with them, if you don't know Emily, she's the one that's sizing up for two over here on the end of the praise team there. Amen. It's going to be soon and very soon. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through eleven. Uh, well, let's just do two verses, all right, this morning. I already know we're not going to make that. Uh, verses 1 and 2. Would you stand please in honor of God's holy inspired, inerrant, all sufficient word? The Bible says Hebrews 12, verse 1, wherefore? Seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Father, thank you how we have been blessed Ooh, what a beautiful name, what a powerful name. Lord, that precious name of Jesus, so sweet to us. I pray, Lord, we'll not do anything that might hinder the precious Holy Spirit from working in this service today. God, have your way and your will in every life. Lord, I don't know what's going to happen at the end. Lord, I know I'd love to see these altars filled with people that have, have committed themselves. I I'd love to see people saved here at this altar today, God. I'm praying for that. I'm praying that folks would move their membership and be a part of this church and serve you until you come again for us. But, Lord, none of that may happen. But I won't continue to praise you until you come for me. I want to praise the holy name of Jesus today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Just in review shortly, the this... Uh, Passage was written to the people of Jewish background, and they had faced a great struggle. They were dealing with leaving one system and going to another system. The Old Testament system was before Jesus Christ came. They looked forward to it. The symbols and the pictures and the sacrifices, the blood atonement, all of those were small pictures of what was to come. Every time an animal was killed, it it was a picture of Jesus. Every time an offering was taken, it was a picture of Jesus. When the blood was shed, it was a picture of Jesus. All roads have to come through Jesus to get to heaven. No other way. And the Old Testament, Jews were over here. They were looking forward to the promise. They never saw the promise, but they were faithful to the end of the promise. He uh that old testament jew died before jesus came now the hebrews now that he's writing to here are on the other end they're not looking for a messiah anymore the messiah's already come they're not looking forward to a messiah they're looking backward because he's already come he's already died he's already been buried he's already rose again the third day Now, when you're looking at the Old Testament, you look at that and you say, man, that's so narrow. That is so straight. There's a reason for that. The reason, because if it's not narrow and straight, it strips the holiness from God. God is holy. And the same thing happens today. There are people today, uh, you know, the Word of God says the the way is uh, narrow. And few there be that go in there at. And yet there are people that say, look, I'm going to live the way I want to live. I don't care what the Bible said. This is 2023. I'll do what I just well want to do. And you're not going to tell me what to do. Nope, I'm not going to tell you what to do. But I'll tell you, there's coming a day when somebody's going to tell you what to do. Every knee going to bow and every tongue going to confess. So you just go on, big boy. And I guarantee you, when you come to the end of your life, you're going to would to God. Somebody would have told you what to do. All right, I'm through with that now. <laughs> The Jews that are receiving this letter, <laughs> now that Jesus has come, reality shows up. I, I, you know, there are some things in my life, I promise you, I don't want to get into them. I don't even want to think about them, that I messed up. And if I could do it over again, I'd do it a different way. I really would. But I want to tell you, there's never been a time when I've gone back and said, I wish to goodness I'd have never been saved when I was eight years old. Never been a time when I'd gone back and say, you know, I could have had a whole lot more fun. I could have done a lot more things if I just hadn't professed Christ so early in my life. Oh, listen, every road, whether it's Old Testament or whether it's New Testament, whether it's Old Covenant, it's New Covenant, some died before Jesus came and some died after Jesus came, but they're all going to come together and meet Jesus at the cross. There's no other way. The system was straight, it was narrow, and uh, uh, it it depends on the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And uh, to leave that system now, now listen to me, don't misunderstand me. The Old Testament system was not wrong, it became wrong when Jesus came. The Old Testament system the atonement of the animals and all of those things for our, our sin. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the way God de- designed that. But when Jesus came, he fulfilled the law. And we're under a new covenant now. And so to leave that system was not wrong until Jesus came. <laughs> if you look at a picture, a beautiful picture right here, our minister of music who's been here 20 years this week, uh, this, this very week, Uh, And his lovely wife, my goodness, she makes him look good, doesn't she? I mean, you know, can you just imagine me sitting at home saying, you know, I love Jen, I love uh, Aaron so much, I just sit there and look at their picture. (laughs) I mean, they look like they just come out of a a prom, amen? All dressed up, you know, and all that. And suddenly, there's a knock at the door. And you know who it is? Why, it's Jen and Aaron. I say, come on in i was just sitting here thinking about you and i just go on back over there to my easy chair crank that thing back about three levers and i just keep looking at that picture you say well that's stupid why would you look at a picture when the real thing is in the room huh hey why do you want to look at a picture in the old testament when jesus has showed up in reality in the new covenant that that ooh, my soul have mercy uh the writer is challenging these people. You've got the real thing here. The symbols and the pictures and the rituals. Don't go back to that when you've got the real thing. Hebrews eleven thirty nine. the Bible says, These all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. They didn't see Jesus, but they all received The report of good faith. My, my. If they, (laughs) if they could be faithful, if they could look forward to Jesus coming, if they by faith put their all on the altar, if they gave their very best, if they served him with hope, if they served him with the future before he ever came, how much more should we be doing that now? Because we're not looking for him to come. We already know he has come. We're not looking for a Messiah. I know who my Redeemer is. and That he lives upon the face of this earth. Knowing that he came and died and rose again, we have the real thing. So what does the author say, Do He said, let us run. If there wasn't so many people in here, I'd just say, Look, why don't we just spend about 15 minutes and just run around this place? I'd be the first one to fall. <laughs> That's why we don't do that. So he's got to be talking about a different kind of running here. Amen? (laughs) Why why is it so important that that the uh, writer of Hebrews is set on this thing of running? Why is it so important? What is the significance to it? Well, I believe I can tell you. I believe that there's a lot of people that name the name of Jesus that ain't doing nothing. Hmm. And so he says, look, if you're going to call on Jesus, if you're going to say he's your savior, then let's run this race. Let's get up and go on with it here. Because there's a lot of people that are saying they're saved and they're just sitting on the blessed assurance. There's a lot of people saying they're saved, but they're straddling the fence. There's a lot of people saying they're saved, but they're still looking back to that old former life and longing for some of the desires of it. There's a lot of people saying they're saved, but they're still dabbling in sin. A lot of people saying they're saved, but they can't make it to church two weeks in a row. A lot of people saying they're saved, but they can't kick a habit. Their marriages are in shambles. They're living a lifestyle that's horrific toward the kingdom of God. And they'll tell you this Christian life is so hard. It's so hard. I just wails to give up. I'm a loser. I'm trying to remind you of something this morning. Some of you help me. We're not looking for a Savior to come. We're looking back because he's already come. He's already died. He's already arose a third day. And he lives interceding for us today. If you truly believe you're seeking him, you don't need a ritual, you got the reality. You don't need a shadow, you've got the substance. You don't need a picture, you've got the person. You don't need what's good, you've got what's best. You don't need a maybe-so Christianity, you've got a no-so Christianity. I know whom I believed. He's able to deliver me against that day. So I'm asking you, let's quit sitting, let's quit complaining, let's get off the sidelines. I mean, if Jesus is really real, now if he's not, let's go ahead and order some takeout chicken and go home. But he is real. If I were to ask you in this room, how many of y'all running, everybody in this room say, I'm running, I'm running. BUT IF I TACKED ON THOSE OTHER TWO LITTLE WORDS, HOW MANY OF YOU ARE NOT JUST RUNNING? HOW MANY OF YOU ARE RUNNING FOR JESUS? OH, WHAT well, A PREACHER. YOU KNOW, SOME OF YOU ALL ARE RUNNING BECAUSE OF A BOYFRIEND OR a GIRLFRIEND. AND LISTEN, IF YOU'RE ONE OF THOSE OLD GUYS that ROUGH BEHIND THE EDGES AND YOU MET SOME GODLY GIRL AND SHE SAID, I AIN'T GOING OUT WITH YOU UNLESS YOU GO TO CHURCH, YOU ought to THANK HER. AMEN? I'm you in here like that. I know some of your testimony. <laughs> and it does work both ways. I have seen some rough girls. It works both ways. Uh, some of you running because of your job. You're running because of your family. You're running because you want more money. You're running because of power. You're running because of, of, of your own selfishness. I'm asking you this morning, let's put those things aside. And let's run for Jesus. These are last days. We don't how much time we got. Everybody knows we don't have as much time as we did yesterday. So, let's run. So, how are we going to run? How, how is it going to help us run? Well, number one, I think we need to look back and understand from the past saints. Now, I'm not telling you to dwell on the past and the history, but I am telling you, if you learn a little bit about history, we may be able to grow from it and not make the same mistakes well what are we going to learn from well number one we're going to learn faith (laughs) these Old Testament saints had enough faith to believe in God went all the way to the end still by faith believing God yet they had never seen Jesus they'd never seen the promise Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6 for without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I love charisma. But I want to tell you, you're not going to make it by charisma. Charisma is going to play out. I was sharing earlier, Brother Jim Walsh, dear, dear friend of ours, I love him. He and Brother Herman Kramer are probably the only two reasons I've got a job here. Those two guys right there. But, uh, and incidentally, for Brother Herman, he's going to be here November the 5th, uh, that first Sunday of November, and he's fighting some cancer stuff, and, and he, he, he just needs our prayers to lift him up and to encourage him. He got some encouraging words this week uh, that uh, uh, there, there's some medicine that may help him, uh, but his copay on that is uh, uh, $1,300, $1,400 a month. So he's saying I'm gonna to have to die. I say, well, maybe not. We'll we'll see what we can do. But remember that. But Jim Walsh, he and I were doing a revival forty five years ago. And Jim's got charisma. Now I won't tell you, he still got charisma. But we were sitting down there on the front row, out here at Crossroads Baptist Church, out of Marshall. It was just a one room building then. And uh, there's a boy from Mississippi named Dewey that was a pastor know, Dewey was a good old boy he just didn't have no get up and go I mean he just walk up to the pulpit we are thankful to have y'all here today and about Tuesday night Jim said I can't take no more of this <laughs> Dewey went to sit down he said hey, he jumped up and said I'm gonna teach you how to greet people now there wasn't no big step just one step he said get a hold of my arm and old Jim two lifts whoop whoop and he was up He said, I want you to put some enthusiasm. Welcome tonight. Welcome tonight. You know, I mean, it didn't work, but anyway, it was good. The the charisma, I like charisma. I I like dealing with people who are intelligent. I mean, you ever talk with somebody and you wonder who in the world tied their shoes that morning? Hey, I like people who are intelligent. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're counting on your intelligence getting you to." To the kingdom of God, you're gonna fall flat. I, I like people with education. I don't have a whole lot of it, but I like it. I, I admire those who do. Sometimes, though, you can get educated beyond your knowledge. And you begin to see things that aren't in there. You kind of make up things as you go through. And I'm telling you. Your education is not going to get there. You say, well, what's going to get there? My charisma, my education, my intelligence. It's your faith. That's what's going to get you there. Your faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Abel worshiped by faith. Noah worked by faith. Enoch walked by faith. Abraham withdrew by faith. Sarah waited by faith. Uh, Joshua warred by faith. And Moses withheld by faith. But you know what the Bible says? And these, all having obtained a good report through faith, they never saw Jesus. They died before he came. So we can can look at their faith and learn some things. And then, could I just real nice and politely tell you that you're probably going to face some difficulties? (laughs) I don't want to be ugly, but you're not the first Christian that run up against some difficulties. Mm. Some of you ready to quit because you can't buy the brand name jeans. I, I prayed, and God, He didn't give me the car I wanted. He didn't give me the jeans I wanted. I'm just, I'm ready to give it all up. Good grief. We we, we got it better than we pretend we have. These people knew what difficulties were. Let me read a few of them to you. They were stoned. And I'm talking about being drunk, they were stoned. I'm talking about rocks. All right? They, they, they were sawed in two. And could I tell you that they didn't have no electric chainsaws? That'd been one thing to be sawed in two in 30 seconds and it'd be over with. They sitting there cranking that saw. Lick by lick. They, 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 they were torn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. They were destitute, afflicted, tormented, wandered in deserts and in mountains and dens and caves. And yet they still by faith served God. (laughs) We we don't know what it's like. When these people said, I'm going to leave this old covenant and I'm going with the new covenant, their families disowned them. Their friends abandoned them. I hesitate to say this because some of you know what this is like. But can you imagine what it's like to never be able to be welcome in your own home to go back and say, Hi, Mama, or Hi, Daddy? These people did. And yet they serve God. They serve God. You better know who you believe. You better make sure your salvation secure because the difficulties you face, you don't know what they're going to be. He's put before us here in chapter 12 like a big coliseum or a big, like a rodeo arena. And he said, we're out here as Christians and... He said, let's lay aside everything and let's, let's run the race. Let's, let's get this stadium, let's run the race. And here's one of the reasons why we need to run the race, and why it's encouraging us. He said, because there's some people here watching us who have already run the race. And they were faithful to the end. We're 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 compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. They've already run their race. They've already paid their dues. They've already died the physical death, and they're watching us. They don't have what we have. They didn't have the completed word of God. They didn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling temples of the body as we do in the New Covenant. They didn't quit. Paul didn't quit, Stephen didn't quit, Peter didn't quit, Elijah didn't quit, Abraham didn't quit, Jeremiah didn't quit, Jacob didn't quit. You don't quit. Learn from them. Second thing here, quickly, is we need to live with a single-mindedness and a plan. He said in verse 1, get rid of the wickedness. Uh, let let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. You say, Preacher, I can't run very much. I can't run very fast. That's cause you got too much on. Anybody that knows about running races knows that the best thing you could do to win a race if you're looking at speed is to have the least amount on you got. That helps you. He's saying that we need to 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 run faster Get rid of the of the uh, of the weights that might weigh you down. You see, uh, or, or, or the wickedness. He says both of those. That's the plan: the wickedness and the weights that might weigh you down. You see, you could run faster if you get rid of that internet you're watching that you ain't got no business watching. You you could run a little faster if you get rid of that language you're spouting out and you ain't got no business talking. You can run a little faster if you quit going to those wrong places with those wrong friends and watching the wrong shows and cussing and saying the wrong words. You can run a little faster. Mm Mm-hmm. Get rid of the wickedness. But he also said get rid of the weights. Now the weights and the wickedness are two different things. In an example, uh... Not every weight is a sin. I mean, you can run a race with an overcoat on if you want to. It's kind of silly, but it's not a sin. You can do that. But it's going to draw you down, it's going to slow you down. Uh, what, what are you carrying this morning that's unnecessary? Is the question. You got some friends. Hanging around you and you hang around them that they ain't the best. Maybe some things you've got to relinquish and get rid of. you got some affiliations. Well, I'm hearing everybody's tick, let me just go ahead and go on down the line. you got some clothes in the closet that make people look at you instead of Jesus when you're walking down the road. You're taking some weekend excursions that there's really nothing wrong with, it's not sin, but it's weighing you down. Now listen to me, if you don't get anything else, if you're not careful, you'll get rid of the sin that weights you down, the wickedness, but you'll keep the weights. You'll say, well, it it won't hurt if I associate with these people over here. I mean, I can go to the bar and not drink. They have Coca-Cola at the bar. I guess they do. I don't know. (laughs) Now, listen. If you're not very careful, those weights will drag you back down to the wickedness. Now, you you say, oh, no, I'm going to be different. No, you're not. No, you're not if you're not it, he said not only get rid of the wickedness but get rid of the weights those weights can drive you and then when you get rid of the wickedness and you get rid of the weights have a commitment to run let's run he said run with passion run with patience don't don't expect it to happen immediately i have people all the time say preacher i prayed about this and god just done answer my prayers all right, I've been sowing this and I've been, I've been claiming this, but God just doesn't do it. Well, there's a couple of kinds of races you can do. One called a sprint. Up until I was about 40 years old, there was not a teenager in my church that could outrun me in a sprint. I'd smoke them in a 100-yard dash. Now, when you get to a marathon, it's a whole different story. <laughs> But there's a marathon to run, too. There's a sprint and there's a marathon. He said, run the race that God has set before you. Hey, it it doesn't do any good to have a first place ribbon if it's not in God's race. What's it going to do you good if you inherit the whole world and lose your own soul? Let me finish. Look to our succeeding Savior. Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our salvation. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You say, Preacher, what kind of joy was that to endure the cross? The joy wasn't enduring the cross. The joy was in the benefits of enduring the cross, and folk got saved from that. They didn't go to hell. They went to heaven. That's what the benefits of the cross was. Lord, I'm worn out. I feel like quitting. No strength to go on. Who you looking at? Are you looking at your circumstances? (laughs) Are you looking at somebody else? Becky and I tomorrow will observe 47 years of marriage. She's home. She's got the shingles, Uh, and uh, we're leaving Tuesday morning. She said, Well, we can't go. I said, Babe, we done paid for this trip. We're going. <laughs> and the shingles are on her face and and, and they're hurting. I said, You just put a mask on and we just walk right on like we got good sense. Don't tell nobody nothing. I we had a counselor and a marriage counselor before we got married. He knew we was in the ministry. And he said, uh, Charles, there there's gonna be some nights Now, we're 19, 20, 21 years old, excited, you know, living on love. (laughs) Made a down payment. Uh, (laughs) And uh, he said, there are going to be some nights when you go home and you're going to be so worn out, you're not even going to want to kiss your wife. You'll do good just to reach over and hold her hand while you're going to sleep. I said, boy, that won't never happen to us. <laughs> Let me tell you, it does. It does. You can get worn out serving the Lord. But you know what happens? When I go home and I'm worn out from serving the Lord, and I look to Jesus, <laughs> I get a second wind. See, Jesus can put you back in the saddle again. <laughs> Jesus can motivate you. He can stir you up. Some of you today are serving because you like your pastor. And I appreciate that. I have people all the time, boy, you know, we love the way you're a hard worker. We're serving. Well, let me tell you something. That ain't no reason to serve God. Ain't no reason to serve God. There are folks who are singing in this choir because they love Brother Aaron. And that's wonderful. But that ain't no reason to sing in the choir. Man, uh, kids serving God, parents, everything going well. So, it, Listen, all of those reasons are good and, and they're okay. And they'll last for a little while, but they won't last for eternity. The only reason to serve our Lord is to get up and say, Jesus, you're, you're my master. And I serve you because I love you and you, what you've done for me. It's okay to have a clap. I, I know people that, and I'm not talking about any of y'all now, I'm talking about old churches in the past. <laughs> I know people that have said, preacher, uh, we paid our dues. We, we, we worked in the youth department. But our kids have graduated now. Oh, so you were serving God for your kids. You wasn't serving God for God? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I I served my time when my kids were children, but I ain't going over there in that snotty, slinging place with them kids running all over wild and everything. I've had my, oh, so you were serving because your kids were there. Huh? See, there ain't no reason to serve God. We ought to be serving God because of what he's done for us. And our Savior says, get up and run. He who has performed a good work in you will finish it. He's going to finish it. You know what he's saying here is, I got you enrolled in this race. Well, that's good. This race of life, I got you enrolled in it. You got saved. I'm the one that died on Calvary, so you're enrolled in this race. But he said, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to help you run this race. I'm going to be with you the whole time we're running this race. I'm going to stay with you. I mean, you know, it don't get no better than that. My goodness, he enrolled us in the race, and he's running every step of the way with us. Oh, but listen, (laughs) he jaunts on ahead of us, and he's waiting at the finish line saying, Come on! Come on! Let's run that race. What a Savior we've got. What a Savior. There's a lot of religious leaders, they fizzled out. They still got some people following them around, but they're going to follow them to an endless route. Joseph Smith, Muhammad, Confucius, Mary, some mother of a cow somebody's got to come back to life. Let me tell you, I serve a Savior who's, got, who's been there, got a T-shirt, and got out of it. He's alive today. He whipped the cross. He could have come down. The Bible says that he endured the cross. Now, everybody's going to like what I'm thinking to say here, but I, I think I've got Scripture to back it up, but I don't have time. I think it's... He didn't just take the sins of the rapist. He became a rapist. He didn't just take the sins of a whoremonger. He became a whoremonger. He didn't just take the sins of the drug addict. He became a drug addict for our sake. He didn't just take the sins of a drunk. He became a drunk. And some of you are sitting there thinking, well, thank God I didn't make that lift. He didn't. Just take the sins, but he took on the form of the gossiping, lying, arrogant, prideful person that thinks they're too good to have any of that. And could I remind you that there's no one in this place perfect. Every one of us deserve hell. It's what we deserve. But for the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ, (laughs) we get heaven. And you're going to tell me we ought to give him second best? You're going to tell me we ought to give him leftovers? I shared this morning, I didn't, I'd I'd never heard the song before, but I was sitting right down here, and uh, this song, was in one of our musicals. I don't remember how many years ago it was. First time I ever heard it. I just sat there and cried. The word said his heart was broken. Mine was mended. He became sin. Now I am clean. The cross he carried bore my burden. The nails that held him set me free. His life for mine, his life for mine. How could it ever be that he would die, God's son would die to save a wretch like me? What divine love he gave his life for mine. His scars of suffering brought me healing. He spilled his blood to fill my soul. His crown of thorns made me royalty. His sorrow gave me joy untold. He was despised and rejected, stripped of his garments and oppressed. I am loved and accepted, and I wear a robe of righteousness. Hmm. What love. His life or mine. How could it ever be that he would die, God's son would die, to save a wretch like me? Oh, when you get tired and you get ready to quit, Would you just look up to Jesus? (laughs) The Bible says that he sat down at the right hand of the Father. That means he had already gotten up. You know why he got up? He got up to come down here to be born as a a human, God-man. And when all of that was over and he said, it is finished, he went back and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. And you know what he's doing now? He's not playing... Cards and he's not shuffling dominoes He's interceding He's praying for everybody in this congregation Right now today He's interceding for us Now you figure out A justifiable way that you can say Lord I'll halfway serve you You figure that out and let me know Lord I'll, I'll do what's convenient for me you, f- you figure that out and let me know but according to what I see here from the Old Testament all the way through the new and even up to today, our option is to say, Lord Jesus, I love you, and I've given everything to you. My life, my all. Father, thank you today that we've been able to just to fellowship, good music, good fellowship. Lord, the presence of you has been evident in this place. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for trading your life for mine and for the life of everyone who will call on your name today. Lord, would you save people today? Would you have people maybe come join this church? Maybe, be a, uh, Lord, maybe there's others that need to be baptized and, and get ready for that next Sunday. Lord, maybe there's others here that just need to come to this altar and say, Lord, I... I know you paid everything. I know you've already done it all. All I need to do is come to you. Have your way, Lord Jesus. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.